Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host from SportstalkFlorida.com. And with me, my colleagues, of course, the Sunshine Boys themselves, Joe Henderson and Ira Kaufman. Gentlemen, big college football weekend. Ira, you led things off with a great piece that's up on Sports Talk Florida right now about Jack Del Rio, who's going to be at the world's largest cocktail party to see his son quarterback the Gators against the Bulldogs on Saturday. What a, what a week for Jack Del Rio, uh, uh, Jim. Um, they polish off the Jaguars, which is no great feat, uh, apparently, uh, because Gus Bradley's hanging by a thread. Um, and, and I take no pleasure in saying that. Uh, but, but, you know, Jacksonville's just... They have not lived up to uh, some expectations. Uh, and then, uh, instead, Joe, instead of going back to Oakland, uh, they make the smart move and stay at the IMG Academy in Bradenton uh, in anticipation of coming to Ray J on, on Sunday. Uh, now, Jim, the Raiders are 4-0 and zero on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since an Oakland team could say that they were terrible on the road until Del Rio showed up uh, a year ago. Uh, he's turning them around very nicely. Um, and then his weekend uh, highlight is going to be uh, Saturday, uh, going up to Jacksonville, uh, watching his son uh, take on uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, Joe, the Gators are 5-1. and one. They are 5-1. and one. They got to go to LSU. We understand that. Um, but the Gators are not out of the mix here. They got a good defense. And if Del Rio can have some uh, consistency with his dad uh, looking on from the stands, um, Florida can do some damage this year. Oh, this this is a fabulous opportunity Saturday uh, for the Gators. Uh, Georgia got off to a hot start. They were uh, 3-0, beat, as as we've seen, a pretty good North Carolina team to start the year. Uh, You're thinking, okay, well, this – you know, Kirby Smarts uh, was a good hire for them. And then the wheels have come off. They've uh, lost three out of their last four, including uh, a one-point loss to Vanderbilt. So, of course, Florida struggled with Vanderbilt, too. So uh, there you go. But uh, if Florida can win this game uh, Saturday, uh, this keeps them right uh, in the thick of things to play in the uh, SEC championship game against uh, guess who? Uh, probably Alabama. <laughs> but right. uh, you know, if you want to be the best, uh, you got to beat the best. So uh, Florida's probably not worried about that right now. Let's uh, just concentrate on the Georgia game. But uh, Del Rio is, is it's his team right now, and um, the the Gators need him to play well because. Uh, They've been getting by with their defense this year, and it's time for the offense to really pick it up. You know, Jim, uh, Jim, you've been very kind to me today because um, you have not mentioned the Miami Hurricanes, uh, of which I was touting them for about four weeks. Uh, but I'm going to fall on my sword here, Henderson, unlike you, and, uh, and admit that I was uh, wrong because, Jim, that loss to Florida State mm-hmm. – uh, and the way it happened, um, you know, it, it kind of has uh, exposed Miami's immaturity because they have not recovered. They, uh, yeah. they are in an incredible tailspin, uh, and they're still thinking about the end of the Florida State game. Jim, and I, 
I can't believe what what's happened uh, on the UM campus. No, especially as talented. You know, Kopp is as good a quarterback as there is in college football, but he just uh, he seems to be spooked, and that entire team seems to be, you know, totally out of sync. And and coming into the FSU game, you know, you could make an argument that they they could have walked out of there and been in the, you know, in a in a prime position to perhaps right. sneak into the top 10. And, you know, when things like that happens, you never know how it might end up, but they went the other way instead of going forward. And that one, that one point loss really uh, did take a lot of starch out of, uh, out of the hurricanes. No question about it. Well, um, uh, Mr. Kaufman, who was the one who was, be kind, be kind. Uh, I'm just saying, who was the voice of reason when uh, somebody, one half of the Sunshine Boys, was getting all worked up because the Hurricanes had beaten Florida A&M, Florida Atlantic, and Appalachian State? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Sunshine Boys have been eclipsed here, uh, gentlemen. I've been eclipsed. Have us to the best uh, of them, Ira. Joe, the old Hurricane teams, uh, you know, obviously had a lot more talent, but they also had more mental toughness, Joe. Uh, but I know you like that coach down there in Carl Gables. and uh, I do. You think I ultimately, do. ultimately he's, he's going to get the job done? Well, he is. Mark Richt is, is a proven winner. He's a class act. Um, Georgia will tell you probably that um, he left the cupboard a little, uh, little understocked. Uh, in Athens, Georgia, but uh, overall, Miami's, they've got their guy. They just need to be patient. Their game this Saturday with Notre Dame, it's like, yikes, um, two teams that, that really uh, are struggling to find their way right now. And uh, Miami is at Notre Dame, so, uh, ooh, the Gremlins will be out or whatever. But uh, that's uh, that's uh, not even the second best game in the state this week. Um, and, and I'm going to make a bold and brash statement, as Ira Kaufman would say. And okay. uh, from a rooting interest, uh, I know how Gator fans feel about when Georgia uh, come, you know, shows up in Jacksonville. But the uh, the game that is going to be on everybody's mind this week is Florida State and Clemson. And this is this is it for the Seminoles. They either win the game and salvage. Uh, what they think came into the season thinking would be a a championship run. They win this game. All of a sudden they're back feeling good about themselves. It's at the Doke Campbell stadium in Tallahassee Saturday night under the lights. The, everything is set. Uh, Clemson um, beat Louisville and we know what Louisville did to, uh, to the Seminoles, but Clemson has at times appeared vulnerable. They were, incredibly lucky uh, to uh, to escape from North Carolina State a few weeks ago at home, needed a botched field goal by uh, NC State at the end of that game. So I think Florida State's going to give them all they can handle Saturday night, and I, for one, will not be surprised if the Seminoles walk out of there with a victory. 
I, I got to say it. It could be a seminal moment. Is that what you're going for? Oh, right. oh sorry. Oh, Jimmy, that, Jimmy. It was. It, it was just hanging there. You know, it just. It just hung there. I, I couldn't. And there's a reason I left it hanging there. You know, Williams, you're better than that. You're better than that. I know. I know. You know, I got. I don't know about you guys, but uh, having been to Jacksonville and bought that bridge way too many times. Um, I I would have pushed the plunger on the old Gator Bowl. I mean, that would have been my joy to get it out of there. And so to play the game in the new park up there, I'm sure is going to be a lot of fun. And it's still the world's biggest cocktail party. But there's been a lot of Gator, um, a lot of Gator memories that have died on uh, a Saturday there in in, uh, in Jacksonville. So um, we're just hoping that. Uh, that young Mr. Del Rio's success there is going to be good. And Joe, you're, you're spot on with regards to the Clemson uh, game against FSU. I think that's going to be a, a real um, key battle. And I, you know, if everything holds true to form, it's going to be an entertaining one, but you know, you got to look at uh, if you're a South Florida fan, that game against Navy is going to be one heck of a game tonight. Uh, yeah, Friday. That that if you're a South Florida fan and you watched that utter train wreck last week uh, at Temple, where mm-hmm. Temple just ran all over uh, the the USF run defense, it was it was uh, Halloween come early because it, that was that was fright night. And now all you got to do is beat. Navy, who runs the option and specializes in running all over top of people and has already beaten Houston. And um, it, this, this is really going to be a, a defining moment, not a seminal moment, a defining moment for the USF season. Because if they, if they can beat Navy, Navy is ranked now, uh, that puts USF back in the conversation, keeps them in, in the conversation to appear in a conference title game. Lose, and, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, a nice season, but not the kind of season it could have been. And uh, so uh, a lot of questions about the USF defense right now. Willie Taggart uh, forced to uh, defend his defensive coordinator. Um, but uh, you might, if you're a USF fan, you might want to, approach that game Friday night with your eyes covered and maybe peek out every now and then to see how they're doing, because this is going to be a tough test. You know, it could Jim, be a spent, big scoring um, game. Yes. You know, Jim, we've spent a lot of this year lauding the uh, USF offense, Joe, and, and with good reason. Um, you know, that streak of 35 points ended, but they still got 30. So, you know, I think it's 12 straight games with 30 or, or more. That's not bad. Uh, but as Joe pointed out, you know, when they play, you know, quality teams like FSU, the, the defense gets exposed, uh, as, as it happened last week and could happen again this week. So there's a lot of work, Jim, to do on the defensive side of the ball for Willie Taggart going forward. He's got a nice offense, but they're, they're a little unbalanced right now, and, and it shows up uh, when they play a, a real quality opponent. Well, you know, UCF is in Houston this week, and if um, if Scott Frost wants to make a statement and and put this team back on the map, it uh, 
you know, Mackenzie Milton, their freshman quarterback, against uh, Greg Ward and the Houston Cougars. If they could come out of Houston with a win, that would be something. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that. They're going into a hornet's nest, though. I mean, really, uh, Houston. Um, we know the ambitions they had. They were they were even talking for a while about getting uh, into uh, the playoffs. Uh, right. And now uh, they're they're probably not even going to be playing for the uh, conference championship. So um, we'll see what uh, what kind of uh, Houston Cougars team shows up for this. But I'm I'm guessing uh, that it's going to be one solely focused on on UCF, and that's not necessarily good news for the Knights. Uh, tough place to play, and Houston is a good football team. Uh, not quite sure what's happened to them here recently, but uh, they'll be ready to go. I think well, this kid Milton's going to be a good one, Jimmy. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a good one. He, uh, I believe he's from Hawaii and mm-hmm. um, landed in Central Florida. That, that, that's quite a jaunt. And um, he's getting better every week. Uh, now, is he ready to step up uh, against uh, Houston? We'll, we'll see, but I think he's done a nice job. Developing some talent around them, um, and like Joe said, this would be a a, a big statement uh, from Central Florida. Uh, but I think they got a quarterback that uh, they trust, and um, they're going to surround them with more and more talent. But things are looking up for UCF, Jim. Yeah. I do believe, like Joe and and you, Ira, that um, that going to Houston is a tall task, and it's unlikely that they will win. I just was thinking that. You know, if if they could sneak out of there with a big victory, that would put the, you know, that put them back on the map. But um, you know, let's don't get ahead of ourselves. It's it's a it's right. a pretty heavy uh, lift to take uh, Houston out. Um, I guess that moves us. Uh, any more uh, college stuff that we should be talking about, or should we go on to the pros? Uh, let's well, talk a little guess. NFL. All right. Yeah, let's right. Talk how about the Buccaneers in that game this week against uh, the aforementioned Oakland Raiders? Jim, did you see how quickly uh, Henderson wanted to switch to the pro game uh, with the Bengals on a one-game winning streak? Jim, did you notice <laughs> yeah. that? Hey, they, uh, yeah. they took down the powerhouse Cleveland Browns last week. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. The Bucks are in the same spot, Jim. They took mm-hmm. down the powerhouse 49ers. Right. And anybody who watched that game, like Henderson and I did, quickly realized San Fran's not very good. Uh, now, of course, they led 14 nothing, uh, But, you know, Jim, we've learned here in Tampa, you, you don't look down your nose at any win, especially on the road, especially when you're down 14 nothing early in the game. So the Bucks are showing some improvement. They're showing signs of life. Jim, they're 3-3. Three and, three. and now, gentlemen, the final hurdle. Dirk Cutter seeking his first home victory as an NFL coach. This is really almost reached comical proportions, gentlemen. Uh, Lovie Smith, and I'm not making this up, Jim, mm-hmm. his first year in Tampa, 2014, mm-hmm. he went 0-8 at home, Jim. 0-8. Not easy to do. No. Last year, last year he went 3-5. and Add it all up, Joe, do the math, and... The Bucks are three and fifteen at home over the last three years. That's hard to do, Mister Henderson. 
Very so, tough. Very tough. If, you know, if Jim Williams is wondering when you, when are you going to fill up Raymond James Stadium, the answer is how about winning some home games for a change, Joe? Well, and and we can certainly uh, hope, pray, whatever uh, whatever works, that there's there's not an hour long lightning delay this week. Uh, the the Bucks have had two games interrupted by lightning. Um, there's weird things happen to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they step onto the hallowed turf of Raymond James Stadium, but. Um, you know what? They're feeling pretty good about themselves right now. And and as you correctly point out, uh, beating San Francisco is, is not exactly uh, going to lead Sports Center uh, for the for the mighty. <laughs> but uh, you know what? They're three and three, and they're starting to get at least a little bit healthy. And Jacquez Rogers has just been. I hope it's I hope it's not a flash in the pan. I hope I hope this guy's the real thing because he is fun to watch or has been for the for the last two weeks. Uh, Mike Evans is is certainly you would have to put him right now in the uh, in the class of one of the handful of elite receivers in the league. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know if, if they're going to have a tough time stopping Oakland's passing game this weekend. Oakland will, you know, Derek Carr is a, is a terrific young quarterback. They've got some good receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Tim Crabtree. Um, remember him? Michael, He's, Michael, Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree. Uh, Michael yeah, Crabtree. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Michael right. Crabtree. But remember him? And yeah. um, there you go. So, um going to be a big challenge for the Bucks this week. And um, Ira, you remember a game against the Oakland Raiders at, at Ray J back in the day when John Gruden was still the coach. And yes. the, uh, it was the final flame out for the great Buccaneer collapse of uh, what was it? 2007, Eight. right? Eight. Eight. Hey, 2008. Eight. They were yep. they were they were uh, nine and three at one point. Ended up nine and seven. Lost that That's last right. game to the Raiders. Uh, turned out to be the last game for the great Derek Brooks, uh, and the last game that John Gruden ever coached because he was fired after the season and the great rebuild uh, began in Tampa Bay. Which you know I've I've seen. Uh, I don't think it's it, took them as long to build the Taj Mahal as it has taken to rebuild this football team. <laughs> but uh, we're seeing some signs of progress. And uh, so, you know, here come the Raiders again. So maybe this will be a nice measuring stick for the Bucks to see how far they've come uh, since that awful day uh, that uh, ended their last big run of the playoff. Well, it looks like your Bengals um, this week, Joe, um... It's breakfast with the Bengals. Uh, 9.30 from London. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say it. I hate those London games. Uh, I, think the, I think the players, they'll, you know, they'll say the right things, but they, coaches have got to hate it. Players, you know, hate it. You're going over there. It's your, your body clock's all messed up. Uh, it, it kind of has the feel of a circus. And so you don't really know what to expect. 
you know, Marvin Lewis will have the Bengals ready to play as Jay Gruden will have the Redskins ready to play. Redskins let one get away last week. Yep. Um, but for all of, since we're talking about the Bengals, they um, are st- Amazingly enough, still in the hunt in their division. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh has come back to the pack. Uh, Baltimore figured out what they were doing right and corrected it. And uh, then you've got the uh, Cleveland Browns, which is the NFL equivalent of a homecoming game uh, every week. So great opportunity for the Bengals. Uh, Andy Dalton is playing, playing better. And uh, Jeremy Hill exploded last week. Uh, I think it was about 160 some yards. So, um, you know, the Bengals need to win. They just, you know, they cannot afford any slip ups from here on out against teams they should beat, and they should beat the Washington Redskins. Let me ask you guys a quick question. Go ahead. I was just going to ask the two. Go ahead. Go ahead. Quickly, you know, the NFL loves to tout this overwhelming popularity and demand for tickets uh, overseas. Um, I don't think I'm buying it, Jim. I really don't. Uh, now, that, does, that doesn't mean there's going to be thousands of empty seats at Wembley. I'm not saying that, but the league puts a lot of resources every year into making sure that those seats are filled, Jim. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. like a year, it's like a year-round job for, uh, for people in the NFL office and you know, I know they're looking for more revenue streams and they want to make it a $25 billion industry, you know, within five years. I understand that. Uh, but I'm kind of with Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit over these games. I, I don't think uh, the teams themselves are too interested anymore. And um, I don't know. They're talking about going into other venues, uh, you know, Mexico City, uh, resurrecting that. Uh, maybe some other countries, uh, maybe putting a team full-time, uh, a team or two in, in London. Jim, I, I, don't, I don't think that makes any sense. No, uh, I don't think they will. They, uh, they're, I, they're still talking about it. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, Jim. No, I don't. I, I, I agree. I wanted to ask you and Joe what you thought. I, I mean, to me, the way these things are set up, it's almost like the NFL version of a bowl game. So, you know, you get on the plane, you fly over to London, you bring some fans. It's a it's a great th- situation. There's a lot of expats, you know, in Europe that make their way over to uh, London, to Wembley to see the games. But, and, and I, you yeah, know, I've been to Europe, and I can tell you there's not yeah. an overwhelming amount of people who's excited about, you know, NFL football in Europe. And they do some, you know, Jim, they do some events, you know, mm-hmm. leading up to the yeah. game, just like a ball game. Um you know, uh, they're all over the, uh, you know, they're all over the city, uh, so fans can reach out and, and, and touch these players, and then uh, finally they play, and Joe, then they get on a plane and go back home. So, you know, it, it was a great novelty at the start. Uh, now I think it's more of a, an annoyance than a novelty, Joe. Well, and this would have been a home game for the Cincinnati Bengals, and they gave that up to go participate in this show and I, I you know they'll do it they're professionals they'll they'll work they'll do fine but I guarantee you that in the middle of a season when you're trying to get back in a playoff race trying to reestablish yourself as a championship contender the last thing you need to be doing 
is this kind of circus stunt. So, you know, I do not like the London games. I, I see very little upside for the teams involved. And uh, Ira, as you, uh, as, as you and Jim both correctly point out, I don't see that much upside for the league because uh, you're diluting your product and you're really cheating the hometown fans uh, out of a chance to, to see their team. So with all that in mind, uh, they still got to go play the game. And uh, if they lose, you can expect me to whine greatly on the next Sunshine Boys podcast. Well, um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't it, I don't know. I've seen all the Redskins games this year. I don't think you have to worry too much uh, about It'll be it'll be entertaining, but it will definitely be an interesting situation. By the way, just out of curiosity, um, travel time from Cincinnati to London is only an hour more than travel time from Cincinnati to Seattle. So, wow, um, wow. gives you an idea of. Um, yeah, but it's uh, travel time from Cincinnati to London is considerably longer than what would be taking a bus from the team hotel in Cincinnati to Paul Brown stadium, which is what they would have been doing. That's, that's true. Uh, that's true. <laughs> and even, and we're talking even in traffic. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think there's yeah. any problem with that one. Any other games on the uh, agenda boys that you are going to look at and say, well, this, this could be something interesting. I think um, Jim, I, I think that maybe the bills are playing new England again. Um, I believe this game's in Buffalo. Um, they are. And let's remember, you know, let's remember, Joe. Now, now Brady did not play Week Four, and the Pats were three and zero already. Um, and they were home at Gillette, and, and they got they got walloped by the Bills. I believe they got shut out by the Bills. Correct. Um, that started a four-game winning streak for Buffalo. Uh, now, look, Brady didn't play, but still. Joe, they don't lose in Foxborough. They don't. Um, and that was a big game for Rex Ryan with all his bluster and all the times that he likes to tweak Bill Belichick. Well, he finally beat him. Um, you know, and Belichick, uh, whether Brady played or not, Belichick don't like losing, and we know that. Uh, so now they go off to um, Western New York, um, and the Bills are, you know, hanging around. They're hanging around. Uh, nobody thinks New England is, is going to get uh, uh, unseated in the AFC East. Nobody. Uh, but we'll see. Brady, Joe, has been fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, hasn't missed a beat. I don't think he's more motivated because it's a flake gate. I just think it's Tom Brady being Brady. Joe, he's the best. You could disagree with me here, gentlemen, but I think he's the best quarterback uh, of the modern era. I didn't see Otto Graham. Joe, I know I'm old, but I didn't see Otto Graham. Um, Brady's the best I've ever seen, period. And uh, I think I think he's going to prove it again on Sunday. Yeah, that was a that was a bad loss last week for Buffalo at Miami. That was just that yeah. was that took you know all of a sudden you were, we were yeah, everybody was looking at Buffalo like hey you know what uh, they got it going and then all of a sudden yeah. they don't have it going. And now you you know you got to play the Patriots. Um, this is usually when um, Rex Ryan's teams uh, the, the wheels start to wobble 
And um, so I agree with you. I think, I think New England will take care of business Sunday. Um, it's um, not an overly exciting uh, week for the NFL, starting with the Thursday night game. Uh, set your DVRs. Jacksonville and uh, Tennessee. Oh, um, oh boy. Um, that'll, this will be a night where I may turn the uh, remote over to my lovely wife and tell her it's okay to watch QVC because, uh, there's, uh, unless you've got a fantasy rooting interest, uh, in, in that game, I don't see why most folks would bother to turn it on, which will, uh, feed into the whole narrative of, uh, how the TV ratings are down this year. A good night for Netflix. Okay. Good to hear. Good to know. Uh, anyway, guys, you know, um, there, there, wait ahead, a minute. One, one second, one second. Yeah. There is an interesting game Sunday that nobody's talking about. Okay. And I'm just going to plant a seed. Everybody assumes the Cleveland Browns are going to go 0 and 16. That's the new, that's the new storyline. That's what Kendall told us from Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they host the New York Jets Sunday. Mm-hmm. And with all the chaos going on in New York over the quarterback and, and you know, Fitzpatrick ripping everybody in, in sight and, and all <laughs> the other stuff, I am going to venture out on a limb and say this is the week the Browns get off the schneid. Okay. And when it happens, you, you can say, I told you so. I, I heard it, it here. Happen, if I'll it edit happen, it out. <laughs> I'm here to save you guys. So if it doesn't happen, it'll be out of here. I'll make sure that it's not. I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, I do my best. It's it's like, you know, my version of WikiLeaks in reverse. You know, we just clean up stuff. Well, guys, we've come to that time of uh, the show where it's last call. So, Ira, last call for you. Uh, What's on your mind as you go into the weekend? And um, give us your social media. All right, Jim, just quickly, uh, from a buck perspective, Jim, you know, they have an opportunity in front of them, James. Uh, if they win this game, they're 4-3. and three. The Falcons are playing Green Bay, Joe. That's a game that Atlanta could certainly lose. Uh, the Bucks could be in first place. By the time they meet the Falcons on Thursday night, in Tampa, looking for a season sweep. So it's all in the buck hands, Jim. Take care of business. Um, Vegas says this is an even game. It sounds right. It's an even game. Although I can't imagine, Joe, given the circumstances, that the Bucks get three points for being the home team. I, 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 think, uh, I think that's nuts at this point. Uh, but there's an opportunity. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Jim, uh, at iKaufman. 76. Cool. Joseph. Well, uh, I'm going to keep it local um, this weekend. Obviously, I'll, I'll be uh, paying close attention to the Bucks, but uh, it's, it's going to be a great college football weekend with Florida, Georgia is always must see TV. And as we mentioned, uh, you've got FSU and Clemson on Saturday night. So there's a, you know, Need an extra large tub of popcorn for this one, but uh, it'll be fun to watch. And um, you can find me on Twitter at J Henderson Tampa T A M P A. 
Well, thank you both guys, and I'll tell you this: uh, you're right, Joe. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm going to add to that list of games the uh, the Navy South Florida game because I think that that's going to be um, it's going to be a very entertaining game, and uh, and hopefully the the Bulls will be able to take it. And uh, uh, it'd be nice if we had a Florida sweep this week of all the uh, if FSU could get by Clemson, the Gators could get by the Bulldogs, and and uh, and the good old boys from South Florida could sink the Naval Academy. So we'll see how that works out. Um, and as Kenny Main used to say, they don't play games on paper. They play them on television. So we'll have to see how that works out. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Uh, it's been fun. And we want to thank Joe Henderson for setting up uh, our guest this uh, time around. And that, of course, was Tom Foley, the bench coach of the Tampa Bay Rays. He was very entertaining. And uh, Ira, of course, with uh, uh, earlier this week with Mr. Bill Rasmussen, who we'll be hearing uh, very, very soon, the man who started ESPN. So we've had a good week in on the um, Sunshine Boys podcast, and we're just going to keep trying to make it better so that you guys come back and you listen to us and you understand that we're we're trying to enlighten you and entertain you. So that's all we can do. We can do no more. Anyway. Have a great weekend, and we hope that your team wins. We're the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com. 